Yeah. Ryan says it looks good. So I said it looks good. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I did not get that right, but it is welcome to episode 14 of Sub 10. This is going to be my favorite episode by far. I get to just go on and on and on because the first thing that I will announce for this straight off the rip is this is the last ever episode of Sub 10. It's a sad, sad, sad day, but also at the same time, super exciting as I announce what's next. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't no longer have to be limited to 10 minutes of me talking to you. You now get to experience the unlimited version of the Coach Mike Infinity slash MFP Infinity podcast, where now there's no time limits. So... There was talk of me going to sub 30, and let's be honest, most episodes when it's just me talking are probably going to be between 20 to 30 minutes in the future, but next year with the Infinity Infinity Podcast, what I'm going to be doing is actually interviewing. Now, I've said this a few times, and it has not eventuated. My team are actually really upset that none of them have featured in an episode. So season one was all Coach Mike. And the ratings would suggest that I need some uh, of my friends in the episodes to get the ratings up higher than what they're at. So we averaged about 100 uh, listens slash streams per episode. Some were better than others. And of course, that's the nature of starting these things, being a little bit of inconsistent at the end. And that's important because today I'll talk a little bit why consistency is critical to your goals and training because it's a big part of the, the second part of today's discussion. So... With that little announcement out of the way and uh, your excitement levels, uh, I can already uh, sense that you're, you're super excited. Our team, yep, they're super excited to get on board with this and be involved in the podcast, having conversations with yours truly leading the way and also external guests. Yes, they will be getting uh, here. They will be a part of this and I'm going to set this up for that. So I've got next week off, but I'm not off. I'm going to be spending the time going out, spending some of MFP's hard-earned dollars and upgrading the system so that we can uh, actually film with multiple people in and also collect audio from multiple people. So I did reach out to some um, podcasters to ask them about how they are actually um, doing their podcast like video editing section when it comes to having one camera or multiple and they did not get back to me. So if you are out there, run a podcast or if you know someone who does, who, who might be able to give me a little bit of direction, please, 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 can you let get them to message me? I'm willing to shut them lunch or, or something like that to get a little bit of advice. I just need to know about when you have multiple streams of audio and you want to flick from um, different camera views or different shots, is there a software that's best used for that? And or... Uh, if I need multiple cameras, because ideally I would love to use one camera landscape and be able to just like section it off and somehow make it, make the, use the editing software to um, split the screen and then like automatically, if it's possible, actually just edits to going to the person who's talking. Because we want to get these episodes up on YouTube next year. So it's actually a formalized show and production versus just 
my mini clips and then the audio versions on the other platforms. Because so we want to we sort of step it up. We want it to be what it should be. Uh, and, that, and that is a, a place for people to come and, and have an enjoyment, have a bit of a show, have a bit of excitement in their podcast um, listening experience. So that's the goal. The other part of that is in terms of like structure, I'm going to start on the fortnight so that uh, I have more time with the new editing that's going to probably be involved as things start to snowball and get better and better and my processes are improving, then I'll get back to the weekly. And then we'll look at other little things where uh, we do pop-up shows and stuff and talk about different aspects of running an athletic performance and rehabilitation sports brand because the big thing about next year for us, which I'm going to sort of let out right now, if you haven't seen from our recent uh, new apparel drop that we're doing, Performance Apparel for Athletes, is that this is something that I've been planning for the last six months is we're, we're transitioning. This is no longer a gym. This is a sports athlete and rehabilitation facility. So we are transitioning to getting away from people looking at us as a gym and now we're transitioning into becoming a sports brand, sports company, sports like a sports club and organization and how we operate and what we do and our extended reach and our network out there would already suggest this. So now it's about us um, formalizing that and showcasing that, which we're doing a pretty good job so far. But it can always get better and next year is looking super exciting for Team MFP and everything that we've got going on. So yeah, I think that's like a little bit of an insight into something that's massive uh, that we're working on and, and I guess sort of sets us up for success going into the new year. But I don't want to give away all our secrets just yet because, you know, that would be giving away too much. So I have notes on my phone today. First time I've had notes on the phone. I did have notes on a whiteboard for one episode. So uh, reviewing back through the episodes, every single e uh, episode was off the cuff. I went through every episode up to this point. So the review part of today, that's what I'm going to talk about next is that I went off the cuff and it was just me talking about topics. I did think through things. So like I used time in the car to discuss ideas around the episodes and to discuss ideas around what I was going to talk about, things that were, um, I guess, exciting for me and the time that I was, uh, like what I was doing in, in my day-to-day, week-to-week life, as well as what was happening around me. And so the frameworks of some of the things I was discussing were sort of, really relevant to where I was at and what I was doing. And then obviously I tried to make it educational and informative so that you could get some great information around it. And then, uh, as everyone knows, if you follow me on social media, that I, for the last 19 weeks, this is the 19th week now, but really it was up until the eight, um, this is the sort of like fun week of it all, like a little bit of testing, completed what I would consider the hardest uh, training of my life and I have trained harder in terms of physical outputs in the past especially when I was uh, doing double day crossfits um, and there was a phase where we did this crazy program called crossthetics which was like a hybrid crossfit um, aesthetics program that I created way back when MFP first opened and the reason is that was harder because it was uh, double day training so double day training, when you have a lot of free time, when you're not working as hard as I was over the last six months, is an amazing tool to have up your sleeve, you know, when you're in your 20s and uh, life is 
easy and you can kind of kick back and you're not working on your career or businesses as much as what you should be and you know you're just trying to enjoy your training because you think you can make it as an athlete in something or you want to challenge yourself to achieve something that you never thought possible so those two training blocks were really hard but this one obviously was different because of where i'm at with everything else that's going on in the business my life um and the training that I was, and stress that I was putting myself under personally. So it was like a really um, great experience, experience. And there's a lot of great lessons across that 18 weeks that I want to talk about today because I think that there's some cool things that people might be able to take away from it. So the biggest thing for me was I really doubled down on going back and learning the basics of training. So I went back, looked through the basics of um exercise selection variables, hypertrophy training stimulus, strength training stimulus, and then mapping cool training programs that uh, were invigorating and exciting to do rather than mundane and boring, but using, I guess, the science and um, anecdotal evidence out there from people who have achieved things that I haven't done and really re-educating myself on a lot of that stuff which led me into nutrition, which I've always had a big passion for. So for me, nutrition's been something that um, I've always been excited to learn about. I mean, I've been super holistic and crazy. At one point, I would only eat all organic foods. So if it wasn't organic, I wouldn't eat it. Um, I, I've done elimination diets where like I don't eat certain foods. Uh, I used, I've done keto. I've done... Oh, I've done modified carnivore. I'd never really truly did it. I did vegan for a month. That was the worst experience of any nutrition that I've done. I lost so much weight and I, maybe I didn't understand how to eat like a vegan correctly, but um, it definitely wasn't for me. It was just a good experiment to go through. That's for sure. Um, I had earth crystals around my bed. I had an earth crystal necklace. I used to wear five finger Vibram shoes. I would earth, I would sun my balls. Um, Still do that sometimes. It's pretty cool <laughs> for testosterone boosting. I'll do all this crazy weirdo stuff and come to realize that like it, it's great from a mental perspective, but it can obviously outside the, like you have to find a really good balance when you are introducing stuff like that. And so I'm still grass fed. I'm still like organic where possible. Uh, I don't eliminate anything completely out of my diet but i will rotate things in and out so i'm constantly not uh, getting the things all the time like i think the big thing is that with the convenience of the world that we're in it's like the touch of a button i can have anything delivered in like 30 minutes basically when it comes to food is that our mental toughness and suffering abilities to go without uh is, is really weak like so people don't have the ability to suffer and endure um, and struggle with not having things that are comforting and easy and stuff that they become habitual to so for me the big one is the mental toughness side of it when it comes to your nutrition and making sustainable changes to help you get the goals that you're looking for um, the age-old saying that as you age things slow down and you know it's super important to sort of dial in all of this stuff before it gets too late. Um, it's why like I constantly want to challenge myself to go down this path and find new avenues and ideas and, and work on things that are going to enable me to, I guess, live 
like a life in the the top 0.1% of the world when it comes to health and well-being like that's my that's one of my goals is to to be a beacon of health strength and fitness for others and for my own personal um, enjoyment of life because when I'm healthy fit and strong I I absolutely love life um, everything about it the challenges uh, push myself adventurously and everything that comes along with being strong fit and healthy for me it's like invigorating and, and, and what I want to always strive for for my happiness so I'm always going to be challenging myself to do these things. But the big thing is that it's a mind fuck when it comes to nutrition and, and getting things out of your diet, changing things up and working on things because I was cruising along, pretty happy walking around, I'd say like and now around 13% body fat, pretty muscular, quite strong, athletic for my age, still fit. Actually, I, I jumped a uh, box jump 51 inch the other day. My all-time PB is 52, um, so it's like I'm right there. Uh, things like that for me are like really exciting uh, to be able to continue challenging myself and doing. The big thing from that was when once you actually dial in and put some effort into it is that you can still enjoy life when you're focusing on nutrition if you're smart with your choices. So like I didn't not do things and I didn't go without like our Christmas party I had beers I ate briskets I ate chips I had a few weddings and bucks party a bucks party and birthdays I went overseas to New Zealand um, I did other dinners and events on dates and things as well and I never was not had stuff I was just a little bit smarter like maybe I, I don't need the dessert after the the big meal maybe I I didn't need to drink 15 beers and, and six was enough. So I just dialed things in a little bit better, um, was a bit more thoughtful around the, the choices I was making. And I really, really, really focused on high protein diet. And for me, that works really well. So I was aiming for 200 grams of protein intake per day. And obviously, if you don't know how much that is when it comes to protein, uh, it's important to do research because it's not just eating 200 grams of meat. That's your actual intake of the protein from the food you eat. So that was a big focus. And if I was hitting 200 grams of protein per day, I wasn't as hungry. I didn't feel like I needed to just find random foods to eat all the time. And I could sort of map my day in and around my cal calories. And it didn't matter if I had more fats one day or more carbs. If my protein was at a good point and I hit my macros that I was aiming for, then I, I'm pretty regular so that I'll just manipulate things here and there. And if I knew that I was going to have this um, event or, or food or something, I would distract the, detract from the meals leading up to it or make sure that my energy output for that day uh, was amplified and, and I actually trained and, and did more steps, got more exercise in that day and the next day so I, it didn't compound into the next day. Pretty easy to do. Um, like obviously life gets in the way people have different stresses and, and things in their life and what they're doing i work six days a week my seventh day i'm probably doing some work i gotta clean my own house by myself i gotta upkeep that i got a dog i got staff to manage um, look after i got business to continue growing uh, i got coaching to do i've got athletes to monitor i got social media I've got videographers to work with. I've got the next um, generation of coaches that I mentor. So like in terms of like how much is going on in my life, there's a lot. I don't have kids, but I have a dog and he's very needy. So um, 
and he goes with me everywhere. So that, that I guess that helps a bit there. But, um, you know, everyone's got their challenges. I think it's just about being thoughtful and using the time when you have it. I think most people forget how much time they can find in the day if they truly want to. The next thing for me was carbs are delicious and I'll never not have carbs. So uh, I love carbs and they're a great fuel source for me and that works really well. The big thing that I did was I went away from, um, and this is probably something that I think was probably the best learning from the whole experience was I would focus on getting as much calories as I could in the day. So around lunchtime uh, and or like late morning breakfasts. So I don't have early morning breakfast. I sort of wait until like 9, 10 often. And then I'll have lunch a couple of hours after that and then sort of combine it all into a meal. So I'd have my most calories in the day when I'm doing the most. So like that's like I'm, I'm working, I'm going to exercise, I'm going to train. So there's a lot happening in my life. Then at nighttime, I was decreasing my calories in consumption so that I wasn't eating as much food and then just sitting on the couch doing nothing. So for the last four weeks, one of the um, things that I worked on was incidental exercise. And it was silly because I know I was hitting over 10,000 steps per day because I don't have my phone on me all the time. But basically, I would use my phone as a beacon. And if I didn't have eight to 10,000 steps on my phone based on how I was sort of tracking it, um, I would go, go out for walks at night every night until I had eight to 10,000 steps. And I put my phone down when I'm coaching. It's not on me when I'm in the gym um, doing stuff. Obviously, um, you know, it's not in my pocket all the time. But like if I'm out walking or at the park with Thor, then typically I have my phone on me. Or, um, you know, if I'm in between running around, my phone might be on me. So I was trying to get a gauge just from that. And you might have an Apple Watch or a, a watch. And that for me, that would probably be better. But I don't like wearing them. Um, superstitious about having a Bluetooth Wi-Fi watch on my wrist. That's still uh, carried over from me from my holistic organic days. So don't judge me. Um, maybe one day I'll be okay with it. But I, I turn my Wi-Fi off at night. My phone's on the opposite side of the room. It's on airplane mode. So I, I try to get away from EMF frequencies when I can. And I think it helps me mentally as much as physically. But anyway, so that was one big thing. So incidental exercise post-dinner and boost, a little boost to your metabolism rather than just sitting around and uh, sitting there with a massive full belly and then thinking that you need some more sweets and snacks. And then I just went and did some research into the bodybuilding world found some strategies for making homemade protein ice cream and or um, protein pancakes and like how you might add that to like a post dinner and then sometimes just thugging it straight for that extra, extra protein shake just because I know that it will help me feel fuller and then I won't want to eat extra food. So that was cool. Um, another big learning that I think was great was uh, supplements for me are, are actually important if you know what supplements to use and, and get. So I, I took some supplements for different reasons and I have a pretty good idea based on the people I talk to about which ones that uh, are really good for vitality and health and which ones might help my performance. And I, so I spent a lot of time, I'm not going to tell you those and sit here because I think it's important that if you are going to go down that path, you get some experts to help you and some that are for biohacking and 
One thing I've noticed, even when decreasing calories, like my energy output uh, when it comes to work-life balance has been high. So I attribute it to all of the little things I do in and around. And I'm 100% honest that my sleep was pretty good. It was mainly seven to eight hours. I was going to try and aim for eight to nine hours. Um, It was more consistently seven to eight. And it was probably the um, upon reflection the one thing that if I had a really dialed down to go that little bit step further I would have gone for the nine eight to nine hours sleep and it was possible I just like to stay up at night think of things and um, chill out sometimes watching random YouTube videos so for me or upon reflection like if I do th- when I do this sorry not if when I do this next year that will be something um, alcohol is is what I said it was at the start of the year in my alcohol post. It's the one thing that probably disrupts so many things we don't realize and um, hold you back from, I guess, um, getting the results you're looking for when it comes to your training and when it comes to everything that you are trying to do in, in people's lives. I think it it is something that you need to abstain from uh, at times and definitely something i wish i did earlier on i mean i've done it a few times in my life but like at the start of this year i did 100 days then i did another 50 days and then during this time like there was i had a couple of drinks here and there and events but like again it was so low so i know that having that out of my lifestyle was was super important for everything else that was going on um so yeah the last thing here that i've got is Niggles will happen if you're pushing yourself to your limit. It's it's how you deal with them that's important. So they're warning signs to me that the stress that you're placing upon your body for everything that you're doing because the body doesn't differentiate all the stresses. It all builds up. It, it, so that's it's like a warning sign that you need to deal with it and do something. So whether that's your, you need to take that deload week, you need to have some extra recovery, you need to go get a treatment, you need to dial in your sleep, whatever it may be. Um, it's definitely a warning sign when you start to feel niggles and things popping up. So encourage you to obviously pay attention to these things, but it shouldn't always stop you. You can work around them if you're smart. And I did get a couple of little niggles. Nothing bad. I had elbow pain. I had a, and a slight like shoulder pain and a mini facet joint sprain, but pretty, pretty good all around considering um, for 18 weeks. It took me until the 18th week before I deloaded. So... I did no deloads until the 18th week and I definitely noticed it in the last block. So upon reflection, I will probably put a deload in next time around the 12th week. So somewhere there's where I'll deload so I can push the back end a bit harder. And after the deload week, I feel amazing this week. So it, it does help to have a deload. Just don't think we need a deload as much as like every four weeks. I think for me, it's probably somewhere around 12. When it's resistance training, that's our focus. So... That's, uh, I guess, the big take-homes from the last 18 weeks. I don't think I've missed anything. Um, hopefully, that gives you some insights into that. And then you can actually then um, utilize that to your advantage. And, and I guess, like, 18 weeks is actually a big chunk of the year. So... How I'm looking at next year, which is what this is going to lead me to, uh, is that next year I'm breaking the year down into four quarters. One, two, three, four. 
and I'm going to shift from like gym only being the super focus to hobbies and sports slash interests being a component of each quarter. So I'm undecided if I'm going to do a new sport hobby each quarter or if they'll like maybe I'll pick, I'm definitely picking one up in the start and maybe it'll carry over into the next quarter. But I'm going to make more time for actual hobbies and sports again because I did try to pick up golf uh, this time around and I did talk about doing a sport or something or a challenge and I guess the challenge was just getting through all the training and the results from that, which I'm pretty happy with. Actually, I didn't talk about the results I got, so I'll come back to that. But anyway, that's next year. Next year, I'm going to break it down to four quarters of the year, probably pick up a hobby or sport each quarter and if i really like one i'll just keep it for two um so that yeah i i can obviously have something to focus on outside of just gym-based training uh the results the results okay so i'm probably sitting somewhere around between eight to nine percent body fat i did think i might get between seven to seven to eight um this is the last week so i'll not i'll see by the end of this week Big one was like I got up to nine, 96.8 I think was the top weight that I measured on the scales and I'm now down to 90, uh, 89.8. So top weight was in the 18 weeks was 96.8, current weight around 89.8, give or take um, a few points at the moment. Strength, uh, my strength. My my peak strength was probably actually four weeks ago. So it's weird. Um, this last four weeks where I have really decreased calories and sort of changed things, I have noticed that my strength has dropped a touch. However, having the deload week then going into this week with some of the tests, I was able to get out some decent numbers on a few things, which I wasn't sure I was going to get. Uh, so happy with that. The goal of the 150 bench press still probably eludes me by a little bit um how far it's not far off like it's close and uh i probably just would look need to look at my strength stuff and hit it earlier so rather than try to be decreasing calories increasing some cardiovascular based training i just need to hit my strength and focus on strength so next year's training i have started to map out and have some cool ideas new stuff again so i'm super excited for that I did bring some people on the journey with me um, out of all the people who actually sign up to the online program. Um, I have one person who, who he got injured and sick and he, he's the last one left, but he's missed quite a few weeks as well. He's got some great results. However, I did manipulate the program and give it to some of my um, collision sport athletes because I did base this of a collision sport athlete program if i had extended off season and i've given it to some of them and everyone's pbing the house down like all-time pbs for um their lifts and they're super excited for what's next so it, it was a great training experience great training block those people did not do the calorie deficit part with me that was just myself so i did that so that is i guess the end of the road for today um pretty cool pretty exciting time and i think there was one more thing i did want to talk about and i've just been talking so long that i'm not used to it i'm normally shut down after 10 minutes but today we went all in so i have a little 
um, quote that I found at the end here that was really, really cool. And um, I kind of want to use it going into next year as motivation for myself. And I got to actually figure out what my goals deep down are. And I'm going to kind of go, yeah, this is what it needs to be. So really great way to sort of like sum up what it was for me and my goals and what I think I can achieve from my training still continue was that they say you either change your dreams or change your habit. Let me restart that because I'm not going to stutter. They say you either change your dreams or change your habits and I damn sure wasn't going to change my dreams. So a powerful quote by a Heisman Trophy River winner in college sport and for me I was just like yeah this is what it is it's like changing your habits to chase your dreams is so so important and figuring out what that is it's like you know sometimes people come into your life for a season and they're like a, a booster on a rocket ship you're on your way to space or an outer galaxy and these people are here for a short-term season with you and they're not going to be there for the entire journey and eventually they're going to drop off, but you're going to keep going on your tra trajectory and you're going to, you know, I guess, change your habits to chase your dreams and, and, and not look back at, at what you are striving for and what is ultimately your choice, your life. So, so for me, that's like massive for next year. And I'm super excited for the team I have because we are all on the rocket ship together. And the community that we're, we've got here, we're all on this rocket ship together. And I can't wait to get stuck into continuing to develop absolutely everything around athletic performance and rehab here at MFP and uh, pushing the boundaries of training, health, wellness, fitness, and strength myself. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is the last sub 10 episode next year, the MFP Infinity podcast. It's a cool name, isn't it? You like that, I know. Um, we'll be launching and maybe the name changes once I actually let people know, but maybe I'll do a bit of a poll, see if I can get some people to help me, but I kind of like that at the moment. I will, see, I will speak to you, see you all next year. Thank you so much for being a part of this small journey. Um, it was, it's been so fun. I really love this. I really love discussing topics and having conversations and I look forward to some really cool things next year, so... Again, thank you so much and have a great Christmas New Year. We will see you next year. Coach Mike, over and out. Let's go.